0: I'll come back I'll come back I'll come back I'll come back
1: I'll come back I'll come back I'll come back,
2: I'll come back. California and broke, so now we're streaming out of Canada and now it says it's working.
0: Oh, there it is. Weird. so weird. So, thank you,
1: Canada.
0: You can keep your milk, yes, though. thank you, Canada.
1: It, it does appear
2: to be working. It does Wonderful. appear to be working. We're back, then. And everyone sounds good? Yeah, I, I think, think
0: so. And uh, Oh, so that's what I sound like coming out of the chat. I sound good.
3: Does it feel like Milk pulled an r Reddit petty revenge on us? No. No. But... Let's, let's do this thing. We've waited long
2: enough and taken everyone's time. 54321. Hello and welcome to the barcash. The bar gets lower every single week. Your bartenders for this evening will be a non pencil. We're all very loud and distorted and it's fine.
3: Enigmat Kotaku. I just watched Evangelion and I have no idea what the hell was going on. Warfer.
0: Your mom's an Evangelion.
3: And my name's Flutterface.
2: <laughs> This week we dived right back into your request thread, as we normally do, because everything you guys ask us, we always do with zero scrutiny and never ever
1: Pre- say no to. Please stop
2: lying to everyone. We have the wonderful cha- meet the changeling with us.
1: Hello, Meep. Hello. <laughs> Sorry, uh, it was that's when I was supposed to be in. Uh... No, no worries. I, no, it's all good.
2: Uh, just, just speaking to the microphone. That, that, that gun against your uh, head. Just, just ignore it for now. It's okay.
4: But, <laughs> but. Creeping fast. Oh God.
2: We are a for everyone who's tuning in for the very first time. We're a community-oriented podcast where you request for the guests and you ask the questions, and we make them miserable for two hours with your questions. <laughs> Um we have a lovely thread out on FinFiction where you can go out and ask quench questions. We're also asking live on Twi- streaming live on Twitch right now, surprisingly, after hard times. Are you doing okay, Priest? No, I'm really not. I'm completely thrown off by all the stream shit. Anyway, Pencil's okay. watching the chat. Pencil, what are we not talking about today?
4: For any newcomers who don't know this already, we ask that you post things in chat that do not have to do with anything to do with politics or religion. You're not gonna ask exactly where Meep lives. She She's not required to tell you her social security number, none of that. So fuck off, don't do that. But in the meantime, there is something we can do. To interact with you guys, we gonna drink because here at the BarCast. We drink. Yeah, we drink. So anytime you hear the word meep, which is gonna be a lot. Anytime you hear that word, work responsibly. Don't die. Don't go to the hospital again. You know who you are.
2: It's true. Uh, is there anything that we've missed, Pencil? Um, I don't think so. Then we're gonna jump out of me being a completely hot mess. And instead join okay. jump into the complete mess that is this cast. With our very first question. Meep, who are you and what do you do in the fandom?
1: I would probably describe myself best as a rather niche author. Uh, by which I mean I kind of focus on writing stories that are have you guys ever read like nineteen eighties science fantasy adventure stories? That's kind of what I mostly go for. Yeah. And yeah. that's that's pretty much the entirety of my contributions to fandom.
2: Cool. Well how did you uh, get into the fandom? What what got you into My Little Pony?
1: After resisting it, because I watched G three and G four and this G four, sorry, G three and G two and decided that, well G one was pretty cool and I was a kid, everything up that had come after that was horrible. A temporary, very temporary boyfriend of mine in college actually forced me to watch it, otherwise I wouldn't get to do anything for the rest of the evening with him. And it just so happened to be the Canterlot Invasion episode, and that was actually good. Which misled me into thinking that the fourth generation had been re-envisioned as an action show, although G.I. Joe or Transformers. So I went ahead and I watched the first episode, which, because Nightmare Moon 2-parter, kind of tricked me into thinking completely that it was an action-oriented show. And then I get blindsided with everything but the opening and closing episodes of a season being Slice of Life. But it was funny Slice of Life, so eh, I watched it all anyways.
2: Hooray! Hooray for being tricked into watching things! So, next, let's talk a little bit about, like, the community, the actual fandom itself. What what keeps you here? What's your favorite part? Is it the people in the community, the fanfics, cons, music, art? What keeps you here? Okay, that's a
1: bit of a complicated question. Question, but simple answer. I'm here because there's a community that will actually respond to things I do. That's the primary one. Um, a lot of the other places that I would try to post stories for or participate in events in previously, people would just ignore me and fear other things, and that's fine. But when I posted my first pony people actually read it and commented on it, and seemed to like it, and in general, it's well. The title of the show is Friendship is Magic, and that's honestly kind of the reason I'm here still.
2: Alright, awesome. Then, next, if if there's one thing you could say to the followers and fans that have been with you since day one, because you've been on the site for quite a long time, uh, what would you have to say for them?
1: Thank you very much. You guys need more than I believe it would be possible for me to actually explain. Although some of you already do know exactly what I mean by that.
2: Aw, that's so sweet.
1: <laughs> Woo!
2: Now then, it's time for the friendship breaker. That's it. We're jumping in. Who is best pony?
1: <laughs> best pony is Trixie.
3: That's Whoa, it. We're geez. done. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> and there that has never been. Bad. It's happening. There has never been a more right answer.
2: All
1: right. Okay, oh, go ahead. No. Uh, are you people explaining pictures uh, that are posted in the Discord on chat or in the stream?
2: Uh, pictures in the stream.
1: Yeah, like if I send a picture to Discord, can you put it on the stream? Oh yes, yes. 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 As long as
2: it as long as it is not pornography, we can share it. It
1: is not pornography. What room should I
2: post it to? Uh, behind the counter.
1: On the
4: counter. Okay. In the meantime, um, we have some questions from the chat before you go into the next ones,
2: Priest. Okay, go for it. <gasps> and you have
3: sound tiles. Oh my gosh. That's cool. Priest, yeah, there's another altar to rival yours.
4: Um, Priest, the questions from the chat consist of number one drinking today. Meep, what kind of stuff do you like to drink?
1: Uh, usually I will drink anything that's like sugar-free juice mix. At the moment, I am drinking some of my homebrewed applejack. I do not recommend most people drink this because two shots would probably be bad.
4: I understand why, but it still sounds tempting, and I want it.
1: It tastes delicious. I just made this particular batch way too strong.
4: I think it's too strong. Don't lie. Um. The other question we have is, how many wedding rings can you fit on your penis? Oh no, man. That's an unusual one. Usually it's just how big is your penis, but apparently they wanted to know the size in wedding rings. So. I
1: don't know if there's a standard size for ring band thickness, but I'm gonna go ahead and go with probably... I'd probably say 87, given what I've seen.
3: Whoa! No. You are gonna be You are gonna be breaking so many collars.
1: Okay.
4: Thank you for that.
2: Any more from the chat pencil before we move on?
4: That is all for now. Yeah, just for now.
2: Alright. Then let's jump out to the thread on FinFiction because oh my gosh, we have a huge thread and so many of your followers have turned out to give us one heck of a cast, let's start right at the top of the Moose Tasm. Number one, do, would you consider Equestria a vacation spot or a permanent residence? Ooh,
1: are we talking canon default Equestria or any of the variants the fandom has created over the years? Because it, I, I think I'd go insane living in an actual kids'
2: show. See, I always think it's the actual kids' show, but man, that that would be interesting. I don't. I, then again, I don't know if many people would want to do... Uh, uh, Fallout Equestria, you know, live there as opposed to like the actual kids show. Speak for yourself.
1: Oh, but uh, plenty of people have tried to create just a realistic world version of the show, taking on the basic premises, and that I would absolutely move to.
3: For the for the horsey uh, brothels, right?
1: Well, that and there's also like the major problem of. I like violent video games. And if I was living in a actual kids' show, I wouldn't be able to see them. I could probably play them, but somehow my vision would just, like, warp 90 degrees, so I wouldn't see the monitor. I'd see the side of the monitor, all the camera. You know, like, cartoony censorship junk. Uh-huh. It would drive me insane if it was a real forced reality.
2: Totally fair. Now then... We got number two. It's time for some cheeky, cheeky timeline shenanigans. You must replace one piece of historical artwork, including paintings, statues, literature, videos, etc., with a piece of your own artwork—something you've created. Your art gets the same exposure as the original, including public showings, school assignments, readings, etc. What piece of art do you replace with one of yours, and how has history changed as a result? That is a
1: fascinating question. I'm assuming they mean drawn art. I do do all my own covers, so I got plenty of that. Oh, wow.
2: Uh, actually, uh, literature also counts, too. So if you wanted to all of a sudden, say, uh, take one of your fanfics and replace...
1: Literature? Yes. Absolutely. I would take the story A Queen is Dead and replace it with The Taming of the Shrew in a heartbeat.
2: The Taming of the Shrew? Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Jesus.
1: Hey, that would take a terrible Shakespeare play and replace it with something at least passively, okay?
2: Oh, wow. I mean, you're not wrong. But I'm sure there's a lot of Shakespeare majors that would love to uh, uh, fight you on that.
1: Hey, hey, they can fight me on that. Shakespeare has written really good plays, but that is literally a play about a guy gaslighting and brainwashing a woman into compliance with his whims. It is horrifying.
2: Fair enough. Now, at number three... What do you do when some wild-eyed, eight-foot-tall maniac grabs your neck, taps the back of your favorite head up against a barroom wall, looks you crooked in the eye, and asks you if you paid your dues?
1: I would probably put on my best cheesy uh, porn voice and ask him what dues he meant. Oh. Jesus Christ, that went weird in a hurry. Good. Uh, You're going to fit in here.
4: You're going to fit in here.
2: One of these days, someone's going to get Moose's reference. And it's going to be a, the best day for him.
4: I think they did last week. Did um, narrator Pony uh, was just like, yeah, sure, checks in the mail. With uh, Which I think is actually what he said in the movie, but I'm not sure if it was coincidence or not.
2: Oh, my gosh. Now that we're up-
4: all... a New question, please. Go on.
2: Terry the Human is up next. Number one, what is your favorite and least favorite MLP episode?
4: Oh, boy, now
1: I get to remember episode names.
4: Uh, you can just say that one where and we'll try to fill in the blank.
2: Yeah.
1: The absolute favorite episode of mine is the one Twilight winds up actually fighting T-Rex because having everything go Dragon Ball Z was a complete and total and welcome surprise. Yeah, favorite I agree. Is The one I stopped watching the show for, which will be the season five finale.
2: Uh, that was Starlight Glimmer, wasn't it?
1: Yes that was. Her getting a face turn is beyond unacceptable.
3: So you want the you want the death penalty for all the villains, correct?
1: No, not for all the villains. Ideally the villains get away and can come back to be repeat villains. That makes for a much more entertaining story than just heroes win, villains are reformed, or heroes win and villains are dead.
2: I think that makes sense. Alright, then number two. What is your favorite memory as a brony?
1: Oh, boy. Favorite memory as a brony. Um, probably that time I got to sit in with a group of people who were just trying to figure out a map of Ponyville, and everyone was completely serious in the attempt. Like It wasn't just like, let's do this for a wall. It was, no, let's actually figure out what this town looks like based on all of the episodes and all these screenshots that we have. And that was just fun. I really love world-building.
2: Cool. Uh, The number three, which character do you think is worse? Uh, You obviously stopped watching the show, so we'll have to just see the best we can do here. Uh, Zephyr Breeze, Fluttershy's brother, or Spoiled Rich, uh, Filthy Rich's wife?
1: I'm aware of both those characters. I have seen a few isolated episodes and clips, and of course people talk about everything. Uh, Zephyr is just... A guy, really. I mean, yeah, he has a lot of personal problems and a lot of ways he could grow as a person. That said, he's just a little bit lazy and kind of a dick. That's not a big deal. So, Filthy's wife and Diamond's mom, on the other hand, reminds me of my stepmother, who is literally Disney evil. So, yeah, she gets that point on this one.
3: Yikes! So spoiled, spoiled rich is getting the death penalty, then, right? No, no, death
1: penalty shouldn't be for being an asshole. It's true. I mean, (laughs) let's just feel I'm angry and ranting about stuff. Sometimes, sometimes
4: I want there to be a death penalty for being an asshole. Sometimes I'll just be clear. Sometimes.
2: Cut me off in traffic. Cake or death.
1: (laughs) Cutting off in traffic, no. Not for using turn signals, yes. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Now, number four. What are your favorite male-female pony ships?
1: (laughs) Okay, that's a weird one for me. I usually don't get anything out of a straight ship, but I do think that Twilight was absolutely adorable with Flash. Not the human Flash, but the pony version. I think I'm in a minority there, though. Alright. Uh, that's it. Big Mac and Shirley is also very adorable. I concur. Yeah.
2: It is very adorable.
3: Too bad it's dead, that chip. That's fine. Yeah. It
1: was nice. last blasted
3: Number five. How much of a
2: Mary Sue is Flurry Heart?
1: Technically speaking, she's not a Mary Sue at all. Uh, Mary Sue is actually a very specific technical definition. When it comes to writing, Uh, to be a Mary Sue character, the only requirement is that the character cannot be challenged in any way. That could be because they're so ridiculously OP, or it could be because the story is written in such a way where nothing that happens is a challenge for them. And by any way, that means physical challenge, emotional challenge, even just basic social challenges. A true Mary Sue character succeeds at everything to such a degree that it's impossible to invest in the story, and Flairheart doesn't reach that point. Your definition of Mary Sue from? From my creative writing class in college. Hey. Um. Did I misunderstand the question? I'm sorry.
4: No, it's just you're saying there's a very technical definition in writing.
1: Well, and. It comes from the story of Trekkie's Tale, published in 1973, wherein the titular character, Mary Sue, was written expressly to highlight this particular type of character.
2: Oh, wow.
4: Yeah, the, the, the main definition I've been taught, including in my creative writing class, was simply a character that lacked flaws.
1: A character that lacked flaws is definitely close to Sue, and is also just as boring to read about. But I mean, like, Flareheart's literally an infant. I don't know how she could have any character traits to begin with other than being an infant.
2: The baby, though. Yeah. I've, I've seen baby geniuses, though. So...
1: That's
3: gross. That's gross. <laughs> no. Just here, here's a quick fix for her. Just have her grow up a little bit and give her a weird quirk.
1: Yeah, any kind of personality trait would help.
2: I think the personality trait from the show is that she's basically a dog. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> no, pre- actually the ti- right, right there. this ties into pre- number pre- six.
4: Baby ponies or dogs? It, baby ponies or dogs. Canon accepted.
2: Number six is, is Flurry Heart a demon from hell?
1: If she is, I suddenly want to go to hell. <laughs> at least to see it. You say like you like the baby? Well, no. But if hell is like a riot of colors and the cute saccharine, that would be worth at least briefly seeing before fleeing in terror. Fair Stop. enough. Okay, fair enough. I agree with that.
3: Just, just be aware that one flurry heart crying was enough to shatter crystal. It's true. Oh,
1: God, that's right. That was a thing, wasn't it?
3: Yes. It'd probably shatter
2: your eardrums.
1: Well, we also saw the Cake Twins having, like, magical surges that gave them abilities much beyond what you'd assume an to be capable of. So, presumably, that's just her doing the Alicorn Scale equivalent?
3: Wait, are you saying she was crying in Canterlot voice?
1: That would make sense.
3: This is a new headcanon for me.
2: Now then, number seven, which is the better fan fiction story, My Little Dashie or Cupcakes?
1: I haven't actually read either of those. I'm very much aware of Cupcakes. I am not aware of My Little Dashie other than it's one of the first uh, human adopts pony stories. So unfortunately, I can't answer that one properly because of that.
2: Oh my goodness. It's a very rare day that we get someone who hasn't read My Little Dashie, so it's... This is a very unique treat for us. I will actually, unironically, say go read it.
3: You've read well, the, the fact long? that you. It's how long
2: is it? It's it's short. It's like three thousand words. It's I know oh,
1: it's
2: oh, like it two minutes.
1: It's like a uh, twenty. Okay, is that about right?
2: Rob Kacryn, yeah. Uh,
1: published October twenty fifth,
2: twenty eleven. Yeah, sounds right.
1: Okay, cool.
2: Yeah, it's it's not very long. It's, I mean, it's got, what, 5 million reads? Re- something like
3: that? Before uh, you do... seven
1: thousand six hundred ninety-seven.
3: Holy shit. Jesus Christ. Before you do anything, Meep, just be aware that the fact that you have not read it returns some faith in humanity to him. I see.
4: He hates that everyone loves and knows that story, which is why we all tell people to go to his page all the time and tell them how much that they loved that story, which is something that you should all do right now. Everyone in the chat,
2: go to Rob Cacron's page. Go, do it. Ruin his life. Number eight. Do you like ponies that have freckles meat?
1: Absolutely. The more design features that you get to see on them, the better, up to a logical point. But when every single pony is quite clearly differentiated only by the shade of color, not even like their body shape or anything, it does make things a little bit odd. Oh.
3: So if you wanna make everyone more of an individual, just go around scarring them for life.
1: Look at a freckle gun and apply it.
2: I I am in favor of the freckle gun. This sounds
3: this sounds uh, it's basically Horrible. tattoos, yes. The freckle gun sounds like a shotgun.
1: Well it have to be. Freckles are never singular. Singular it's a beauty mark. Yes.
3: That's true.
2: Number nine, if you were an Equestria, who would you befriend if you were a pony?
1: I'd immediately have to go try to befriend Trixie.
2: Totally, totally fair.
1: But I believe the question was really about the main six. In terms of the main six, I think the only one I'd really truly be able to get along with is Dash, because she doesn't seem to mind if people aren't into the same sports or activities as her. She'll still hang out and do stuff with them, as long as you she agree she's awesome. And she can apparently hit Mach 5.5, so anyone who thinks she isn't awesome is just wrong. I would almost certainly get along with Twilight because of my reading speed and my love of reading, but then we'd eventually find some kind of weird niche thing about reading that we'd both like, but on the opposite ends of the spectrum and probably become bitter rivals over that. So it's yeah, probably I'll be Dash from the Main 6 and I could really be friends.
3: It sounds like you and Twilight are going to get into an argument over the Oxford comma.
1: We definitely would. And, uh, yeah, my little Dashi. eh, the dialogue's written okay in some places, the narrative's fine, but it doesn't really reach out to me.
2: Fair enough. Now then, number ten, uh, what do you think of this baby pony full, and would you adopt it? Picture mm-hmm. and behind the counter.
1: Adorable, absolutely.
2: Awesome. Alex underscore is up next, our resident intern. Thank you, Alex, for posting links. Please keep doing it, or I'll Pencil will kill you and fire you again.
1: It's true. I will.
2: Number one, where do you keep your taskbar on your computer?
1: At the bottom of the screen.
2: Smart. Number two, what's the worst thing that you've ever put into your mouth?
1: Oh, boy. Do people actually want to know the answer to that question?
2: Yeah. When you said that, that made me actively more interested.
1: Okay, so are we talking intentionally
4: or unintentionally? Yeah, both. Whatever the worst thing that has ever been inside them lips.
2: That you feel comfortable sharing, obviously.
1: I told everyone this is completely open book, so uh, I guess I'm going to share okay. okay. Intentionally, the worst thing that I have put into my mouth was an attempt at brewing a ginger beer that went horribly wrong. And by horribly wrong, uh, this had the rough texture of sludge, even though it looked liquidy. It burned like a very strong shot of uh, like moonshine at red grain alcohol. Oh, no. But rather than having alcohol taste, it had the distinct taste of just burnt and charred grease. And that was one of the worst things I ever intentionally put in my mouth, the worst thing that's unintentionally been in my mouth, involves me working on some plumbing at a house I was hoping to rebuild. And it was not human waste. It was some kind of just decayed mass of gross filth that had built up between the walls of a house for God knows how long. So, assumably, this was a slurry made from dead insects, maybe dead rodents, uh, rotting timber, very cracker, and other chemical components, and at the exact moment, I removed my respirator to go ahead and wipe the sweat off the area around my mouth, because it was about 150 degrees that day. This stuff decides to drip down and miss the funnel that had been made out of and stuff to direct it away from the work site, and goes right into my mouth. Uh, and
2: I was... Horrified.
1: for the rest of the day, pretty much.
2: Sorry. That is literally the worst thing I've ever heard someone accidentally get in their mouth. I am so sorry for you.
1: It's okay. It's been uh, years since then, and I've pretty much forgotten the exact thickness of how it tasted.
3: How many calories was it? Wow.
1: I don't know enough chemistry to answer that question. Sorry.
2: Number three. What's one thing you want to do before you die?
1: I want to go to space at some point.
2: Dude, yes.
1: Lower cool. Earth orbit, higher Earth orbit, proper space. It's all good. Just space at some point.
2: Now number four. Vegetables?
1: Absolutely not. I agree. Vegetables ever? I haven't eaten a single vegetable in 15 years, and I don't plan on breaking that. Even tomato? But tomato's a fruit. But even, even, even tomato... Uh, I would eat tomato in sauce form, and that's about it. It's an autistic thing for me. I really can't handle the texture of vegetables, and I, for some reason, cannot taste them. So, suddenly my mouth will just be full of this weird alien texture, and also a crunch noise, which makes me think I've bitten into an insect, and it's just a horrible thing, so I don't eat them.
3: Okay. You know, uh, mead might be honest on me because everyone who's eaten vegetables died. This
2: is
4: True. You're very wise. Enigma, I need to feed you more vegetables, then.
3: <laughs>
2: Enigma is making the poor mistake of going to Pencil's place when she, when she's cooking, so... It's time for a vegetable feast. Gonna do it! Number five. Meep, would you sex a Pokemon? And don't... And it can be any gender, obviously.
1: Okay, so... The answer to that is probably going to sound horrible because it's yes... But this is all based on the context that in the Pokemon world, it's very clear that humans are also Pokemon. And if you read any of the library books in the game, which I did because I'm a dork and preferred the world building to the grinding, it, um, there's actually cultural traditions of humans in canon marrying Pokemon. And frankly, Gardevoir is pretty beautiful. So. Dude, <laughs> yes! Yes!
3: Oh, I don't know. I feel like you're going you're gonna to deal with weird Pokemon genitalia. I, for one, appreciate all the porn made of garbage. Pet Petzl, can Weep stay? Can she stay?
4: She can stay, but you guys are gonna have to go fuck Pokémon together, because that- that's not my bag.
3: Can we choose which Pokémon? Dibs of Lucario. God. Oh my god! Right, okay, as
1: we... long
4: as
3: it passes
1: the Captain Jack test.
3: It's true. I'm looking at the, Guys, I'm I'm, I'm- I'm looking over at the Dragon types. We're going now to perpetually confuse. Hold on. Hold
1: on. Hold
4: on. The the Jack test. Do you mean Captain Jack Harkness? Just to be clear. Yeah, the Captain the Jack, Jack Harkness
1: test.
3: The Jack test. One to
1: clarify. And TLDR, does it have human intelligence or greater? Can it talk or otherwise communicate with language? And is it of sexual maturity species? to yes, all three is yes, you can fuck it. Totally. I also want to say that
4: apparently our chat would pay to see Enigma get fucked by a Grimer.
3: Grimer? No,
1: no. If ooze and slime stuff, that'd be fine.
3: Plus, it's poison. I'll die. Or okay, now I don't want to pay for this.
1: Literally everything is poison. It just depends on dose. Go drink seven gallons of water and see what happens. It's
2: true. Perpetually confuses up next and asks, Why do we bake cookies but cook bacon?
1: Because language is dumb.
2: Agreed. Uh, number two is, are you scaring the little girl?
1: I don't know. I think we need to have the nostalgia clear to play that clip, like, seven different times to be sure.
2: Number 3. I lost my remote. Do you know where it is?
1: Well, I'm pretty sure it's somewhere in Galactic Sector ZZ9 Plural Z Alpha. Good luck getting it back, bud! Number 4.
2: Penis? Sure. And number five, do you have a question?
1: A question for myself. Um, yeah, let's do that. Hmm. I have lots of questions for myself. I really can't pick, so I'm just going to go with what is love, and the answer to that is a song by Hadaway.
2: Nice. Baby, don't hurt me no more. Fennec is up next, saying apparently I do questions now. Fen Fen, welcome to the herd. Number one. Why a changeling avatar, me?
1: Okay. Uh, surprisingly, that's actually a personal question, but open book. Um, I really liked changelings from the initial time I saw them because they really kind of match up really well with uh, the exact person I am. At the time I got introduced to MLP, I was just coming out of a suicidal state. Like I just had that kind of fixed up and was pretty solid at that point, and the idea of an actual creature that is a interesting modern spin on one of my favorite pieces of Irish mythology, that literally is only alive because it is able to get uh, get love from other people, really appealed to me on a base level, that's why. Hmm.
3: <laughs> but how do you feel about the new Changelings? Oh
1: god, the new Changelings. Um, let More about them later. No, just... response. Uh, trust me, oh, trust me. Yes. We're going to talk a lot Burn about them. Holy fire.
2: You can stay. Number two. Would you ever consider doing smut like the other sinful brony authors?
1: Oh, well, I've actually written my fair amount of cloth and smut. I just haven't posted. Uh, I was kind of turned off doing that when I was writing my story across the sea of time, and... Somebody decided to ask me to include underage cannibalistic necrophilia, and that scared me off publicly doing any kind of adult content for MLP.
2: Yeah, that's a big jump right there.
1: Yeah, I, it's somewhere in my PMs. I didn't pick it up if I really cared, but I don't. I write some fucked up shit, let's be clear,
4: but no one's ever asked me to write anything quite that specifically awful.
1: Yeah, see, I don't really think, Shane, whatever you're into, fine, especially it's fictional, but that got to me. Like, if what I was doing at that point in time was attracting that kind of people, I stopped. I understand.
4: I understand.
3: So, d- when they asked of this, did they ask for this with original characters, or was it canon characters?
1: Oh, they asked for the CMC, actually.
3: Oh! Oh. oh.
2: Wow.
1: Yeah. Oh, we're gonna...
2: Hop off that hot hot potato there, and uh, go to number three. If you went to Equestria, by chance, and maybe subtle manipulation by certain interested parties, ended up meeting Queen Chrysalis, or maybe King Thorax, or Pharynx, all alone in a secluded area. Pharynx! No, well, no,
4: Say the name right, priest! Pharynx? Pharynx. Go on.
2: <laughs> Ph- Pharynx?
4: Pharynx. Pharynx. Okay, I got it right the second time. It's not Pharynx.
2: All alone in a secluded area, what would you do with them, beep?
1: Okay, well, Chrysalis is only guilty of being a ruler of a kingdom in a famine, and not being able to actually farm the resource her community uses as food, so I'd probably just ask if she solved that problem for her nation. Uh, Thorax is an annoying little idealist who I'd probably want to punch, but I don't think I actually would, because he's a wizard and could probably throw me into space. That's probably about it. Cool.
2: Uh, number four. If you had the chance to willingly become a changeling for a day, uh, would you? And if, oh, if... And if so, how do you think your day would
1: go? Um it'd be pretty interesting. I'd spend it trying out just all different shapes and types of anatomies. I'd probably work out a D100 chart to start rolling random features to try and enjoy. It'd be fun, like getting a $1,000 shopping spree for new wardrobes.
2: Awesome. Then, uh, number five, would you betray humanity for the sake of the Hive?
1: Hmm, that really depends on your definition of humanity. A lot of people hold the, the definition of humanity that anything that is like a human counts as a human. So by their definition, ponies would technically count as a part of humanity, even though they're not the species homo sapiens And I kind of agree with that, so I don't think I actually could betray humanity, but in the, if I would screw over the entire human race for the sake of changelings... Maybe. It really depends on the situation.
2: It checks out. A well-thought-out answer. Uh, Given six hours, three large lollipops, the one with the gum in the middle, of course, and a bag of chips, how many changelings could you convert to the side of good and honor, and how?
1: Well, it's not much time, half what I usually do when using that method, but I think I might be able to get one or two if I was able to really focus in on specific individuals. (laughs)
4: I like, Good. I like that. Answer.
2: Good. <laughs> the next right. question is from a non pencil. It's me. It's true. Pencil, do you want to ask your own question? Or am I asking it?
4: I'm asking it, bitch. It's my turn. Okay. Meep, are you there? Yeah, i here. You cut out. Meep. Cut out?
3: Probably. That's the you cut out, not meep.
4: Yes, I got that. So, Meep, how do you manage to do so many multiple chapter stories and actually finish them?
1: Okay, the finishing is definitely hard. It takes a lot of willpower to actually sit through and go through all of it, especially because after thinking about it and playing it through in my own brain, I kind of feel like it's done. Um, in short... I have a lot of time. I am on disability, so I don't have a job to go to, I'm pretty introverted, so I don't have friends I go to, I'm essentially here all the time, and I have a lot of time to just think and pretend, and that also translates into a lot of time to work and write. And if I'm in a good mental space at the moment, which uh, sadly doesn't happen too often, I can literally spend the entirety of the day, from when I wake up to when I go to bed, doing literally nothing but writing, and occasionally taking a break to eat. And that's how I'm able to get so much out in such short of a time. Uh, but the actually sticking with a story for that long is pretty much because the only dream I have, what I can be as a person, is to be an author, like with actual proper books published and all that kind of stuff. Like, uh, if I was really trying to be an astronaut, but that fell through. I wanted to, after that, be asked about being a teacher, but that also fell through for a separate reason. Namely, I realized that uh, no, being a teacher in college still wouldn't be good, because no, college kids are still kids. And in short, I just really had the time and the motivation to sit down and just do it. It does take a lot of willpower on top of that, though.
2: Well, we applaud you, Syl, for being able to muscle through it, because finishing stories as long as yours is not always a very easy task. No,
1: No, most of mine are about the length of a proper published novel, some even twice that. current one's getting to be about three times the length that a publisher would accept from a first-time author, too.
4: Yeah, Priest, you should really take some advice on this, Priest. On getting your bigger stories finished, finally, after
1: like five years, Priest, Oh, come on. Five years? You can find time in five years to write 100,000 words. Come on. Yeah, priest. I feel a little
2: ganged up here. I, I, I'm fine. I'll I'll find some time in my office to write some love stories. How does that sound work? Love. Like? Right. Uh, finish it. Alright. Mugini is up next. And let's go. Number one. Uwu. Indeed. Number two. Ooh-woo.
1: Agreed.
2: Number three. Ooh-woo!
1: Nah, that one I'm afraid I can't stand. Number
2: four. Ooh-woo! This has to be a reference to
1: something? I no, it's I mean. just
2: a stupid internet thing. I'm skipping number five. Here we go. But now okay. we're, off to, we're off to setting. Who is up next? Number one, what is your favorite meal, snack, or food stuff that's really unhealthy but it's just so good?
1: Uh, that would be the um, sausage and egg It's not even good for you if you make it in your own house with fresh ingredients. It's amazingly delicious, though. Sounds amazing.
2: Uh, Number two, what is the biggest or weirdest fear that you have that you're willing to share?
1: Okay, um, my weirdest fear is that I will actually achieve a state of what I would consider to be popularity, like, proper popularity, like, um... Something along the level of Brian Jacques or Sir Terry Pratchett when they are active and then I will get to that level and I will still, still feel like no one appreciates me and I'm just a small kind of niche one. That is one of my biggest fears because then everything is in my head and I'll probably not actually be capable of enjoying anything I can achieve.
2: That's actually... yeah, okay. I, Man, you just hit me right at the heart of my being. Yes! Sorry, yeah, that was Same!
4: Cool. I agree.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Number three. Why is bagged milk the best milk?
1: Well, we don't get bagged milk up here in Alaska. We get the proper boxed and jugged milk, like a civilized nation, but if there is one perk to bagged milk, uh, it would definitely be the ability to just have an actual pitcher of milk that you could conveniently and easily reload without having
2: I think that's a very, very fair answer, and also a snide shot at Canadians. I like you.
1: Yeah, it's the friendly rivalry.
2: Hey, nothing wrong with that, eh? Hey.
1: I can't tease them too much, though. I'm within throwing range.
2: It's true. If, if there was a war between us and Canada, you guys would probably be the first to go.
1: Oh yeah, that's definitely true. Unless, of course, they promise us maple syrup, we're just about as big on
2: that. At To Alaska?
1: It's good, though.
2: <laughs> Number four. What is your one annoying habit? So something that other people do that just drive you crazy, or something that you do that drives people mad?
1: Something that other people do that drives me insane yes. is constantly changing what words mean and using one word to mean multiple things. That is... I, I can't describe my frustration at that, and I'm an author. Uh, something that I do, which really bothers other people, is I tend to use words extremely literally when I'm speaking, but will go into an incredible amounts of prose and figuratively language when I'm writing.
2: Fair. Now then, number five. What is the theme song for your sex life?
1: Oh, God. Uh, I'm not good at remembering very many names for songs. But if I do have to have a theme, so say theme for my sex life as of the last few years, I think that uh, the Overland theme that you get in Wastelands of Fallout 2 is probably the most apt. Okay.
3: <laughs> oh. I've played Fallout 2. I know what song you're referring to. The one word sounds like that. da 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 Like, randomly every now and then?
1: Yep. But then there's just oh my god little sorry.
4: Ape, you're fantastic. Let it be known. Thank
3: you.
2: Number six. Do you watch anime by chance?
1: I used to. I stopped around 2008. Um, I'm not really into the whole moe trend and waifu culture that most modern animes have been built around. I'm more of a fan of like uh, Outlaw Star, Berserk, older animes like that, back when it was less about just making cute stuff to sell merchandise. And more of a way to just get more money out of whatever light novel or manga the company was able to get the rights for at the time.
3: You mean anime and manga where their intention was to depress the reader or viewer?
1: Uh, That is true of a lot of them, but I don't really mean stuff like Gantz, or, well, Gantz, if you've seen that one. A Black Club Zero Two actually would be in that camp. I just like the classic stuff better really. It's, there's a whole different tonal shift. It's, um... You couldn't really consider anime to be a genre back then, but you can now. If you say anime, people think of very specific tropes, and if you pick any recent anime, those tropes are almost certainly to all be there. If you went back to the anime of the late 80s, and I'd say up to about 2003, at least when we got in the, at least getting in the States, it was... Anime wasn't a genre, it was just a medium. Uh, Space Battleship uh, Yamato is completely different from Macross, for example.
2: Yeah, like you can't compare uh, My Hero Academia to, say, you know, Neon Genesis Evangelion or Rama one Half.
1: Yeah, absolutely not. And uh, speaking of My Hero Academia, that is definitely one that is modern that I have liked, but I haven't really liked enough of them to consider myself an F fan of current anime. If you watch Bennett the Sage, uh, the term old you definitely applies. Ah, uh, I gotcha, I
2: gotcha. Fair enough. I would humbly suggest One Punch Man, but that's just because I'm crazy. One
4: Punch Man was good. Awesome. You see? I'm awful, and I'm on the other side of the, of the world there, and I'm just like, watch Food Wars! Watch naked women get excited about food! It's great!
2: We need so... to watch more of that. <laughs> Female Gordon Ramsay is best. Number seven how big is your porn stash
1: um as of right now okay Let's see pop stuff it will take a minute okay no worries. um come on windows you should store this as a value. see it' calculated every time
2: I think we're hitting There's at least gigabytes
1: that's it. Uh, oh, yeah, definitely gigs. all still in the 2. I don't like video. Uh, I think it's slowing down. Yeah.
4: Oh, Lord. Oh, man.
1: Oh, no. That, I misclicked. clicked. was getting the entirety of my desktop stuff folder, not just the porn folder. Let's go again. Sorry about that. <laughs> it's, it's okay. We, we had
4: one person who had like a terabyte of porn. It's but true.
1: Okay, uh factoring in that these are okay, uh, 11.6 gigabytes comprised, composed of 39,517 files and 224 folders as of now. That'll definitely be different in, like, 45 minutes. That's impressive! Jeez, that's right.
2: That is a wow. good porn stash. Good job. I like
1: to, I like to collect... Um, it's, it's fun to go back through various years, and even months, and just, like, analyze the trends of what fetishes are uploaded at time, so... A lot of that is stuff I don't even like. I just kind of collect it for the science.
2: Mm, yes, I am a fan of big data. If you know what I'm saying?
1: so mm, no, it's more like um. Okay, so the one thing in sociology class that didn't drive me absolutely insane was the study of human sexuality.
2: Uh huh.
1: And I noticed that the entire the people completely ignored the fact that Rule Thirty Four is a thing. So I kind of started my own slow study on Rule Thirty Four, and that's. Where
2: I have a stash that works. Sweet! That's actually really cool.
1: I you someone someday, but I don't know. <laughs> you should, you should.
2: Now then, back to the thread. It looks like we're jumping into some people who are clearly fans of you because they've never joined us before. So, let's mm-hmm. go to Taurus. Uh, not like the. Um, not like the sign, the astrology sign, but T-O-R-U-S, who asks, what made you want to start writing?
1: (laughs) What made me want to start writing was reading Aragon when I was really young and then going, oh, holy crap, this guy actually managed to get a book published by the time he was 15. I could take all the stories that I tell myself and try writing them down. Maybe someone would like it. And it kind of snowballed out from there.
2: And to be clear, you're talking Aragon, the uh, book about the dragon? dragon,
1: yeah. Yes, which is frequently by a lot of people called Star Wars But With Dragons. Really? I would submit that it's not Star Wars But With Dragons, but if it was, that would be a better version of Star Wars, because Star Wars is so a fantasy story masquerading as sci-fi that it's painful at times.
2: Fair enough. Now then, we're going to Mustang Drew 4. Who has a nice a unicorn stallion picture? Looks like he's a blacksmith. Number one, what first inspired you to start writing fiction? Okay, we just covered that. Number two, what is your favorite book?
1: My favorite book of all time is it on my shelf up here. It is The Forges of Mars. A kind of cheating because it's a collection of three stories from the Warhammer forty K universe, but it's a trilogy made in book. It is essentially just a story detailing the lives of the Adeptus Botanicus uh, individuals serving aboard the Arkship ship uh, and it's an amazing read that is just... I like it mostly because of the way it presents lore building. I'm not exactly a fan of Grimdark, but when it comes to 40k, I like it because it reads more like a parody of Grimdark, even though it invented the term Grimdark.
2: <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, well, then, we'll have to see if you're... Uh your answer changes it all here with what is your favorite book series?
1: Okay, my favorite book series is different. That is Animorphs. Oh my god! I had forgotten about that until like this minute. Oh my goodness! Have you read all of it? I have read all of it, yes. I've also read Neomorphs, which is a much better ending to the series. Interesting. um, Because if you remember, the last book ends incredibly frustratingly with the the entire cast being thrown into a suicide ramming uh, job on an alien spacecraft to crash into another alien spacecraft and then you turn the page and there's just like this really long letter by the author that's all condescending and how she's like yeah these characters who have fought for 55 books don't deserve a happy ending and it's just like wow okay
3: wow rude is that what how it it actually works i
1: I that's remember that. And she doesn't She didn't even write most of the series. Most of it was ghostwritten. Like, seriously, 70% are all ghostwritten. And the ghostwriter team was pissed with how she came in to end it.
2: Wow. Hey,
4: my favorites from the series are probably not directly in the series. I fell in love with the Andalite Chronicles, like, really hard when I was younger. Yeah,
1: that was great. But sorry, sorry to rant. <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. Andalite Chronicles was awesome. Talk
2: about that in detail if you want. <laughs> Speaking of being upset at how it ended, hey, pencil. But knock knock. This is this is the part where there's a who's there. The fake ad. That's what's here. Hooray! Okay. <laughs> you, cut, you cut out each time. So I, I just that's,
4: that's so uh, No, that's so upsetting, because I made a funny joke, damn it. You are like, knock, knock, and I was like, come in! Like, fucking... Ugh, I'm done.
2: <laughs> anyway, um... This is the mid-roll ad that we have every single cast. Be sure to go check us out on iTunes, Google Play, and stuff like that. And we accept donations on Patreon. Everything that we do on Patreon goes 100% to Horse Rescue Charity. We are supporting a horse named Little Bit out in uh, California uh, by the name of Little Bit. We earn just enough money every single month to be able to afford to keep him fed. But we're also trying to raise just a little bit more money every single month so that he can regularly see a doctor, get his hoof, uh, his. Uh, horses changed and teeth cleaned all those sorts of things so if you want to support what we do and actually help us create some good in this world I don't know man like whatever uh go ahead and check out our Patreon or go out on iTunes Google Play Music share us around we also have all sorts of stuff out there with um uh like interviewing people from the show like Maurice Lamarche and Bill Newton and also con coverage so Anyway, let's get back on to what we're here for. We've got another question for you. All sorts of questions. Oh my gosh, we're not even halfway through this list. Um, Of all the stories you created, which one do you like the most?
1: Okay, that's an interesting question. Um, As an enjoyable read, I don't really like any of my own stories, but that's because of why I read fiction and kind of how I digest it. Uh, I personally like to... Just, uh, I really like to read and then imagine what the world is like, and do all the fun little stuff, trying to figure out the plot while I'm reading and all that kind of stuff. That's what I enjoy when I read a story. And because of that, I can't read my own stuff, because I know everything already, as well as lots of stuff that most readers will never know, and a lot of stuff that only my editor might know, because of all the background of my stories. Um, but the most fun I had the most fun writing is probably Lyra 7%, because the Uh, The premise of the story let me essentially just throw anything at the wall and let it stick, and I was able to kind of roll at things. Because what. uh, Have you ever seen the TV show Sliders? It's basically Sliders on a human in Equestria trying to find the right Equestria to return a device that was dimensionally shot off and landed in a random other parallel world kind of thing. That was really fun. Huh. That sounds. Yeah, no, that covers it.
2: Okay. Uh, the next question is what was your biggest concern or fear when you first started writing?
1: That I would be criticized into the ground. And were you? No, absolutely not. Uh, some people will picked on my spelling before I had a editor. And even after I've had an editor, people have picked on my spelling a little bit. But that's always been a weak spot for me, and that's okay.
2: I mean, clearly you've, you've Formed into quite the author now. I mean, we you're hi- oh, yeah. easily one of the most requests, requested writers we've ever had on this, so it's an honor to have you here.
1: Well, thank you. Um, but yeah, if anyone out there is wanting to post something, just go ahead and do it. No one's going to be incredibly harsh about it. Um, and I've posted over 25 stories, probably over 500 total chapters each. And I've only really had two people post comments ever that were extremely negative. And in every single case, I had a lot of people come through and ask them what the hell they were smoking. So it really just appears that people people on finfiction, at least, are very accepting. And you should definitely go ahead and just do it. Whatever you want to do.
2: Just do it! Oh my god, Chris, no. What? It's an old meme. It's fine. All right. Uh, Who is your favorite author?
1: Uh, My favorite author is probably Sir Harry Pratchett.
2: Good choice. Always a great to go to. Uh, If you
1: mean a film fiction-specific author, I really like InFlyer, even though Legacy probably should have wrapped up uh, 100,000 words ago.
2: Fair enough. Was there any particular author that you drew major inspiration or style from when you first started out, and even today?
1: Yes! Brian Jocks is a big influence on me. He's R.A. Salvador and Timothy Zahn. My style kind of mixes them together with a little bit of the stuff I like on my own, too.
2: Cool. And the last question is, do you have any plans currently to publish a story in the future with a publishing company? (laughs)
1: <laughs> I want to. I would have to write something original, because obviously you can't publish fan fiction. Not um, really, no. You can get prints done, but it has to be all done, like, at cost. you can't profit off. Sure. And I, I am thinking about doing that for a couple popular stories. People want that. Uh, but as for actually doing a proper published story, yes. I even have an idea that might work. I just, I would have to find a publisher and all that kind of stuff and and actually do the writing.
2: Cool. Now we're going to Short Skirts and Explosions, writer, background pony, and good friend of the cast. Number one, what doth life?
1: Uh, Life doth an ongoing chemical reaction that sustains itself.
2: Well said. Uh, Super Trampoline is up next. Uh, Number one, if I ever visit Alaska again, can we hang out?
1: Absolutely. Hooray! Make sure you come to Fairbanks because I can't really travel.
2: And number two, can we write a collab sometime?
1: Probably. um, I don't think every single story idea can be a collab. There's some stuff that really benefits from a single author, there's some stuff that benefits from two authors. If you have a good idea for a collab, I'll absolutely do it.
2: Dark Angel is up next. Number one, are you truly happy with everything you've done with your life?
1: Oh, absolutely not.
3: (laughs) Sorry, the the forthrightness of your answer was
2: was so refreshing. I'm sorry. I couldn't help but laugh. That's not a laughing at you. Uh, Number two, what is your favorite memory?
1: My favorite memory is probably from when I woke up a few months after getting dumped at my grandparents' ranch for a while and realized that I actually would be able to get to be the kid who had a pony for a while. (gasps) Oh man, they are hard to care for.
2: They are hard. They are hard to care for.
1: Yeah, you mentioned you guys are taking care of a pony and getting it shoot and everything, and that's great. A lot of people don't know just how often they really should be reshoeing a horse.
2: It's- No. Often. Yeah. 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 Yeah, their- their nails are no joke.
1: And their feet need to be cleaned. Daily.
2: Yeah.
1: Like, I'm get confused that we haven't in canon just seen, like, street-side, you know, hoof-trimmers or some kind of, like, profession to quote to shoe a shoe-shiner.
4: F- a farrier shop. You know, like, have them go yeah. all out.
1: Then again, they don't seem to wear shoes. Until they leave tracks, then they leave horseshoe marks. It's weird.
2: But they also wear like shoes to the gala. It's weird.
1: Yeah. But then thir- again, non-human the civilization it should be weird.
2: Sure. Number three. What is one website you visit frequently?
1: Um. Between YouTube and the ninety-nine percent of my internet have
3: Number four,
2: yes or no?
4: That's, that's, that's the question.
2: <laughs> I think you uh, talked over me, if I didn't catch what
1: I'm sorry, my bad. And uh, as for an answer, I'm probably going to have to go with maybe. Maybe. I like
2: it. Maybe. Number five, what is one world you would want to live in?
1: A world I want to live in or a world I wouldn't...
2: Would. Would want to live in. So like a Harry Potter world or... uh, Something like that.
1: Well, the Star Wars world would be fascinating to live in, personally, but I really have to go with Star Trek over Star Wars in terms of just a place to live in as a civilian.
2: Are you a Star Trek fan?
1: Definitely a Star Trek fan of certain series, not the overall meta-series.
4: Pencil? Major question. Major question. It's Who is best you. captain? Who is best captain? Best
1: captain has to
4: be we can. You can stay. We're fine. We're friends now. You're good.
2: i f- said
4: my favorite series is Voyager. Mm-hmm. Same! Okay, we're good.
2: Hashtag besties. <laughs> number six. Why do you hide inside these walls?
1: Because having to deal with the cost of social situations of hundreds of people around me at all times is terrifying.
2: People suck. I get it. Dash Loon is up next. Number 1. If you could, would you? Probably. Number 2. Over the years, you've ran many campaigns. Which would you say is your favorite? and which system was it running?
1: My absolute favorite campaign the self-titled uh, Knights of the Emerald Shards. It was run on a combination of Pathfinder and 3.5 D&D, which um, with Pathfinder is the core and a few D&D 3.5 splatbooks. books. It was the saga of a saga of a young elven woman who was transmuted into a kobold, a, a sorcerer who accidentally turned himself into a house cat permanently. And a random kind of just a... Okay, this is an actual DD species from the Forgotten World setting. I forget the name, but essentially they're an anthropomorphic squirrel that's about two feet tall. And these three individuals set out to essentially just do standard adventuring affairs and manage to actually kill the avatar of Asmodeus, who popped up as part of a cult's end the world thing. And they're in doing both this, uh, became the world's greatest champions and the, all simultaneously the, best, the biggest threat to the world which they were completely unaware of for approximately a year and a half before the campaign finally had enough to, to realize that they hadn't actually beaten the Avatar of Asmodeus. They had just rolled right into the, like, Overlord of Hell's plan here. Wow. I think I read that somewhere. That's like a story. I'm not sure.
2: That's amazing. Now at number three, what Redwall story is the first, or at least the one to jump into the series with?
1: The first Redwall story out there, period, is Lord Brocktree, but it doesn't matter if you read the Saga chronologically or not. Every story is self-contained, even though they do happen as a specific sequence of time. There are only three direct sequels in the 23-long book series, so you can pick up absolutely anyone and just go with it. I recommend personally Martin the Warrior and Marl Fox as two pretty good ones, but they're all basically great. Brian Johns
2: He's amazing. Cool. Uh, number four from Dash Loon. Are you regretting the decision to join this?
1: No, I thought I might, but no. Hey, I'm glad we surpassed your expectations.
2: We still have a long way to go.
1: <laughs>
2: number five. Do you need more Trixie Picks?
1: Always. There
2: is an insufficient amount, whatever the amount currently is. Totally fair. Now we're going to that other other guy who... Oh, 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 oh. I am refreshing. I have, do that. I have refreshed. He, the thing. he asked, How hard does this make you feel? Picture relevant in Behind the Counter.
1: Um. Negative
2: 100%. Negative 100% hard. That is. Ass- <laughs> okay.
1: That seems like something that would be in a fault in the SCP Foundation, Site 14 or whatever, so. Yeah.
3: She yeah. looks like she's saying, Omai wa Money. Nani!
1: Ah,
2: it's like they just stapled... It actually does look like they stapled Pilate's face on the Kinshira. Oh my god. I
1: like the little, like,
2: teeny hands. Yeah. That are... Ugh, okay, anyway. I'm moving on to LifeBeat, who is also someone that I don't particularly recognize, but maybe they were here last week and I feel awful, but I don't recognize them. What's your favorite 3D print you've ever seen or done?
1: Um... Does it count if it's currently being made? Because the Castigator Dreadnought is currently like seventy-five percent finished in the corner over there. Uh, If not, if you don't count being currently in the process of being printed, it would be the Bolter I just finished painting. Great.
2: Sweet. Now we have RK Striker JK Five. Who is up next? What is your favorite non-MLP franchise?
1: That's a hard question actually. I like so many different things. Uh, well, I'm going to have to go with Danny Phantom.
2: Wow! Unexpected, but you know what? Not unwelcome. Good show.
1: It was really good. There's also potential in there for, like, dozens of different spin-offs or even having a similar story or continuation. I'm really behind Bunch Sharkman's plan to bring back the series of the 10-year-later sequel, but apparently it's not getting off the ground, so, oh well.
2: Aww. Number. Can you draw
1: some art for it? You should check it out. Put it up on YouTube, it's great.
2: Ooh, we'll have to go check that out. Number two, have you ever done any fan-related content for a non-MLP franchise?
1: Mm, actually, no.
2: Oh, interesting. And yeah, then,
1: this is the only uh, one have really participated actively in a fandom in. I'm not sure if there's a reason for that. It just is.
2: Well, fair enough, fair enough. Number three, how does it feel being Beaker's spokesperson?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I get it because of the name. Um, That's actually a pretty good joke. I'm going to ask to remember it. You put it in, like, a business card or something.
2: Okay. Uh, Jack of a few trades is up next. Jack's another great writer on fiction. who's a friend of ours. Uh, number one, Bug. Yes. Uh, number two is kind of a repeat from earlier, but slightly different wording. Uh, what is your favorite thing you've ever created and why?
1: Okay, see, that actually is quite different. Because he, uh, this person is probably aware that I have done a little bit of everything because I like to make stuff My absolute favorite thing that I have ever made, period, is a complete and total anomaly And it's from when I was doing knife making I reforged a broken machete blade and somehow made a, um, a blade that would happily cut through the rails of an aluminum fence And uh, the blade would, I wouldn't because my dad got pissed but it took absolutely no damage, and I barely noticed the slowdown from cutting through it. I had no idea what I did, and I could never repeat that ever, but it was just amazing because it felt like I'd made something that was actually magic. I think it's in my mom's shed moment. So, somewhere in Minnesota.
2: Wow. Awesome. Now then, time to get slightly uncomfortable with the next question. Uh, Fuck Mary Kale between Big Daddy McColt, Hayseed Turnip Truck, and Granny Smith.
4: That's easy for me, man.
1: I have no idea who two of those people are. Hold uh, on, I'll go get him. I'll go uh, get them.
3: Hayseed Turnip Truck is that, uh, that trucker pony with the messed up teeth.
1: He seem like an okay guy. Uh, Fuck him! Mary Granny Smith. Kill the other dude.
4: <laughs> the dude is the father of the two, uh, of one of the two families that was feuding in the Hayfields and the McColts.
2: Oh, was he the tiny one? With the beard. The tiny one with the beard. Yeah. Okay. There you go. You. I got you. Jammers in up. behind
4: the counter. And behind the counter. Oh God! Never mind. I don't got you. That is a giant address. I don't want. <laughs> All right,
2: regret, instant regret. we're going to Jammer now. Uh, he starts out by asking, so has the cats been nice to you so far? Yes. Ah, oh, wonderful. Keep saying the nice things. Number one, uh, what's it like to write? Do you have any tips, tricks, or cool facts or techniques for us?
1: I could probably fill the two hours on that. Um... Okay, so the absolute number one tip that I can give anyone who wants to write anything at all, including very short stories, micro-snippets, anything, is to pick up the book, The Fantasy Fiction Formula by Deborah Chester. That is the entirety of my college professor's writing class, condensed into one book, and it's really good, and it will definitely help you get everything squared away to any kind of writing project that you want to do. As for my personal method for writing, it will not work for everyone, because I have managed to retain a kind of kid-type imagination. That might be because I'm autistic, it might just be something that happened by luck, but I can essentially close my eyes and just make things happen in my brain as if I was there. And what I do is I do that, and essentially play a game of Dungeons & Dragons as against myself, to write a story. That's how I do it. I come up with the characters, I come up with what they can do, I come up with what happens, and then I just let all that go. I imagine the whole thing, I write down a basic outline, and then I take that basic outline, and using what I remember from what I imagined, I expand it out to a story. That's how I do it. That method will work for everyone. There's no wrong way to write, but there are tips that will help you You should check out that book.
2: Awesome. What was the name of the book one more time?
1: The Fantasy Fiction Formula by Deborah Chester.
2: Wonderful. Thank you so much. Now the number two. If you were given 33 drinks of your choice every week, would you give Nighty, the right, uh, the maker and current admin of Film Fiction, a place to stay at or near your home?
1: Yeah, I guess
2: fair spare room. Number three. Are you aware of Thing Pwn, uh, a OC based on John Carpenter's The Thing? I am, and she's
1: adorable.
2: Would you hug thing pone, kiss them goodnight, and tell them every little thing is going to be all right? And would you have the sexual with them? Probably. Wonderful. Number four. I mean, oh, if go you on.
1: Technically, probably. is it. definitely a good way to go.
2: Number four, has any of the bar cats constricted you to help edit their shit posts? Uh, I mean stories yet.
1: No. I'm not a very good editor, but I would be willing to look at stuff from time to time.
2: That's a question for one of you guys. Me well, actually no, you uh, hopefully Enigma didn't hear that because he actually might take that. But Yeah, Enigma well, probably jump well, on I, that. I heard alright. Oh no. Oh no. Number five. <laughs> Has a disappointment kicked in yet?
1: Um, depends on what you that's meant to be disappointing. There's plenty of things that are. I'd rather not focus on them.
2: Fair. A no, very fair answer. In general. Like, breakfast was very
1: disappointing, for example.
2: Fair. Number six. Will Have any of these questions bother you? No, not yet. I'm kind of
1: hoping one will, because it's been hyped up. Oh, boy.
2: Well, we're going to Nice, who is someone who is new. My guess is someone that follows you. So let's get excited. Uh, number one, we already covered what made you decide the right pony. Number two... What inspired you to create a consistent alternate universe that ran for 16 stories, if I didn't count them wrong?
1: Uh, DC Comics. That was kind of the entire reason I was doing the uh, old beta universe deal. I was just trying to replicate the feeling of reading DC Comics so that you felt like anyone you ever saw had their own story somewhere out there.
2: That's really cool. Now, number three is, why did you decide to branch out from it?
1: Well, some people did say a few things that made me think, and I realized that one of the biggest, uh, one of the most common points Phil brought up is true, that with that large body of work, even though each story is self-contained, people would feel compelled to read the entire thing, and it was getting quite long. I think it's like one and a half million words to total up the entirety of that collection. So, i Realize that I should probably try a few other things, and there's also some ideas I had that don't exactly fit with that overarching story. And I also had sort of a break with my editor, who was consistent through that, and is a dick. And if he's listening, he'll agree that he's a dick, and he'll also agree that he won't stop being a dick because he kind of likes it. So, to be fair, yeah, so that felt like a good point to uh to stop that, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, number four, uh, do you have any plans to come back or to create new stories within that universe?
1: I have a couple ideas for it that I'm thinking about doing, yes.
2: All right. And number five, what, what's your favorite character that you created?
1: That is a very interesting question, actually. Um, Of all the characters I've created for all my stories, my absolute favorite is probably Lily, just because he's such a ridiculously hilarious and adorable character.
2: Aww. Uh, What's your favorite OC in Pony Fiction as a whole?
1: I want to say Raven, but I'm not sure if she's actually canon now because of the comics. I'm a little bit behind. Okay. So, not, count, not counting Raven, I have a... I really liked a little Pip actually. Uh, flaws and all. She, I just like her character a lot.
3: Well,
2: cool. Uh, what is your favorite pony fiction in general?
4: That would be Fallout Equestria.
3: Ooh!
4: <laughs> Enigma's gonna be excited!
3: Uh, per, uh, a person of taste, I see.
1: Um, I'm currently working on a, a sequel story that tries to continue the themes of the original and also uses a bunch of the fall stuff gay cat didn't, because she ever played the classic games, and I did, including tactics, so.
2: Awesome. Uh, What's your favorite book, series, or movie?
1: So we covered book series, so let's go with... Uh, my absolute favorite movie is a film from the ni- from 1955 called the Court Jester, which is absolutely hilarious.
2: Ooh. That's not one I've heard before.
1: You should look it up. It is genuine. You
0: the, the court jester was a lovely,
2: lovely movie. Is it anyone that I would recognize, like Marlon Brando? I don't or? Think so. All right. That's the main actor's name. I
1: don't think I seen anything else.
2: Then number eight is what is uh, the piece of work, or literature, or movie, or anything? that has INSPIRED you the most?
1: Um... I take inspiration from way too many sources to answer that question. Essentially, everything I've ever read or watched will be remixed, shuffled about, or just pictured for ideas. And I don't want to brag, there's no way to say it's without bragging, I actually got an award from my middle school for finishing the entire fiction section of the library. Ooh. So, I have way too many data points to actually answer that with a proper favorite, but a really big thing that I do like to draw from is, as I mentioned, the 1980s era, just science fantasy stories in general. They have an era of just, like, fun and screw the physics and everything. We're just going to focus on having a really cool entertaining story that I absolutely As opposed to more modern stories which uh, seem to like not want let anything just weird happen. Like uh to use the Tremors T V series as an example. If it hadn't been cancelled, you would have gotten an episode where a mutant monster that would hide that hid inside treetops would randomly be eating people? And that kind of just weird science fiction kind of stuff is amazing to me. That we don't get it anymore because people seem to be really cared on the fact that it'd just be plausible, you know?
2: Yeah, no, that makes total sense.
1: And it's, it's fiction. Uh, to quote a person who, unfortunately, I've forgotten the name of, it's fiction. It's supposed to be fantastical. Or, sorry, it's fantasy. It's supposed to be fantastic. But you get, you get the idea.
2: Yeah. No, I get it. Let's see, number nine. Do you have any uh, standout hobbies besides writing and world building?
1: Honestly, no. That's the majority of my life at this point, and I'm completely good-okay yeah. with that.
2: Totally legit. Uh, Number 11, who is best princess and why?
1: Okay, best princess is... You have four options? Well, I guess five, if you
2: include the baby, but... Who's counting?
1: When she's like 16 or comes of age or whatever, then she'll probably be a princess and an option. But she has no character traits. She doesn't count anyways. Uh, I like it. Saying Twilight is cheating because she's the main character, has the most character development, the most opportunities for likability. Uh, Cadence is interesting because she rules her entire own country, which is looks like the outside of my house, which is at almost any point of the year. Um, also between Cadence and Luna.
2: I, you know what? Your personal taste. I like this. You can stay. Now then, um. Last but not least, from Nice, uh, number 12. Who is your favorite ship and why?
1: My absolute favorite ship has to be Quiet Ash. It's adorable and just feels correct, like the writers intended it.
2: I like it. Hmm. Now then, Flam, uh, the people are actually asking for your voice. Do you want to take over from here? People Thank are you.
0: actually asking for my voice. Yes, it's
2: true. Cyberman uh... 112, question one. Go ahead.
0: Cyberman question one one two. Chrome decided to crap out on me.
2: Ah. Give
0: me one second, goddamn ram hog. All right, so Cyberdawg one one two, where's the? No, hell bro. are you? Uh, there you are. Go for it. So we are moving on then to Cyberman one one two's question number one. Is Bonbon the fighter jet in Lyra seven percent actually? Wait, what the fuck? <laughs>
4: On bon the fighter jet in Lyra Seven Percent, is actually,
0: actually Lyra's
1: childhood friend? Question mark.
0: Yeah. Okay, yeah. In
1: uh, Context for everyone who's going to be really confused. By the question. In the story of Lyra Seven Percent, the main character is a, a parallel universe version of Lyra who happens to be human. Uh, she named uh, she became a fighter pilot, and her jet, which has an onboard AI, which she named after her childhood friend VaanVaan, bon bon, that's the context. And if you're, um, for the specific answer of this question, which I've given out many times, yes, her childhood friend was in fact abducted by her world's government and used to create the template for a whole generation of AIs.
0: Well, all right, then.
1: And number- yes, it's just as dark as the story applies.
0: Gotcha. Then in that case, number two, what happened to the ponies in the Alphaverse regarding some form of human ship?
1: I don't really understand that question, um, I th- Oh, oh that! Okay, um, so the Alphaverse, which is the first series I tried doing, has a background point where there was like an actual, uh, alien invasion, but the twist was the aliens were humans. Um, that should be the twist that he's thinking of. And the answer is, there was a very minor war, and the ponies won because magic.
0: Alrighty. Number three. Why do your avatars on film fiction and Discord have different colored eyes?
1: Well, that's because I'm a shape changer, and I enjoy changing my appearance for whatever reason, and part of appearance is for sure color.
0: A likely story. Number four. Are you enjoying writing your current story? We are enjoying reading it.
1: On average, yes There have been some parts I haven't enjoyed writing But I've been in a Darker mood recently I think that's mostly because It's been a really bad year with pollen And most of the place around me is on fire So there's a lot of smoke in the air right now So I think that might be to blame for that But yeah, mm. I've on this one.
0: Gotcha no. Southern California here We know what it's like for things being on fire true <laughs> indeed but that being said how would you see humanity in the next few thousand years if you were its ruler
1: oh yeah that's a complicated question okay um i have a few thousand years that is a ridiculously long amount of time and there's so many unknown unknowns that would happen during that time that i can't make anything out for sure but as the absolute ruler of humanity I would definitely try to get us to another star system And have a proper interstellar empire set up Even if it couldn't have very common travel between planets or star systems Just because, well, one, that's awesome And it's something we can actually do in real life And two, we only got a couple billion years Until the star we're orbiting just explodes Because that's what stars do And there's a whole lot more time that we could exist for as a species both great and wonderful and horrible and terrible things. If we could not just be around this one star, so it seems like a good idea.
0: I agree. It's a shame. I probably won't be. I won't be alive to uh, see the first colonization of Mars. So you
1: actually might be. Um, you should go ahead and look into the life extension technology and where it's.
0: Currently. Oh yeah, they did say that the pers- first person to live to two hundred is alive currently, right? I think that's what they say.
1: Something like that, yes, but there's actually some technologies that exist right now and even one clinical trial that was attempted a couple of years ago for like a G1 of that. So if you can make it to 60 because a couple of guys are pretty sure they found a way to actually restore the human body to a more useful state, you might live forever.
0: See, that would be kind of interesting because then it's just like, yeah, you can live to 200, but is your body just decaying at that point? But if they manage to like, you know, Cut you open like a car, and then replace your carburetor and your radiator yeah. down it there. Sound,
3: it sounds like they've they've learned how to do the human version of activating almonds. Yes, please turn <laughs> me into car parts.
0: Yes, we are activate, we're activating our almonds to get our life expectancy up. Yes, yeah. that's exactly how it works. I like okay. it though.
1: Also, also there's one... we insist will be on Mars by like twenty fifty. Even
0: if with a normal
4: human lifespan, I'm pretty sure everyone here will
0: be alive to see that. By the way, yeah, Rob gonna... is very upset at us. Oh, duh. That's oh, he got,
4: a bunch of he got a bunch of comments again. I'm so proud of all of
0: you. Everyone. Yeah, Thank you,
4: Daniel.
0: You might be right, though. I mean, we started with we're still riding horses at the beginning of the century, and now we we're shitposting on the internet. So, yeah,
1: holy that's shit. Close. Uh, Technology is advancing faster than anyone predict at this point. Um,
2: Future
1: Even with current generation AI as science, which is a thing that happens naturally, uh yeah what well, we went from like a uh, we went from the point in time where if I wanted to have a Rainbow Dash figurine for my desk, I would have to go to the store and like get it. And at this point in time, if I want a Rainbow Dash figurine on my desk, I wait another hour and a half for my printer to be done, go to Thingiverse, grab a model of Rainbow Dash, and just make one. So, that's a jump I don't think anyone saw coming, and it happened in the span of like four years.
0: I, for one, welcome our 3D printing overlords.
1: Heck yeah!
3: You know why is nobody just three D printed a three D printer and then return the first three D printer? The joke
0: is so old it fought beside my grandfather in World War Two.
1: The the next question. Yes. Clamp. Clamp <laughs> Number six.
0: How does the Soul Blade from Lyra Seven Percent work?
1: Soul Blade from Lyra Seven Percent. I don't know what. Uh, I don't know what that is. Did I put a soul blade in that story?
4: Uh, that makes it kind of difficult to answer, so... I mean, you could make it up, just say magic, ain't gotta explain
1: shit. I don't recall any... Oh! Oh! No, no, I don't talk about it now. Um, that would be... Okay. Uh, that particular weapon, which I should have remembered because it was emblematic of a culture, goddammit. Uh... It's essentially—it's essentially a lightsaber, but color is determined by who you are as a person. It's—it's it's a mood ring lightsaber. That's the best way I can describe it.
0: A mood ring lightsaber, huh? True thing. Alrighty. Now, do concepts from your most recent story, *Followed Equestria: Operation Stardrop*, like the spirits, apply to your previous universe?
1: No, I'm working with MK Cat's lore here, as far as I can tell, based on the original story and her blog posts.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. And if then for... I'm sorry, sorry, go on.
1: If anyone thinks that my older stories are enhanced by applying the lore from these things, go right
0: ahead. You heard it here first, folks. Number eight. Will you ever continue the betaverse?
1: Uh, I answered that earlier. The answer is... Maybe, because I
0: do have some ideas. Cool. Now, for number nine, how exactly does your magic system work without a massive computer for things like transmutation? Do unicorns and other races have brains that are capable of completely visualizing the change? Same for changelings, the things like they have been described to do in your stories appear almost impossible without intense computation resources.
1: This sounds like something Clockwork may <laughs> Okay, um... When you throw a ball, your brain does a whole bunch of mathematics, specifically calculus and trigonometry, to figure out exactly how how, much muscle fibers to move and in what direction, and how hard to make your entire overall unified unit that you call an arm move in the exact way necessary. to Tell that ball at that specific angle and specific speed to hit the target you're trying to hit with that ball. And you are aware of absolutely none of it. That exact way is how magic works. A unicorn is able to just do all of the math in their brain, do any spell that they know that they're physically capable of doing. Because everyone's brain has their own different limit for how complex they can do. That's why some people are wizards and some aren't. But but in essence, they do all of the math in their head. They're not aware of it, nor can they consciously just do all of that math. They'd have to learn math, just like anyone else would. They wanted to have the conscious answer to any kind of mathematical type question.
0: So it's like so it's like building essentially an interface for someone where they, you just say input number here and it spits out something. They're doing the work, but behind it's running the SQL, it's running the code, it's running everything else. They're just not aware of it.
1: Yeah, essentially that.
0: Makes sense to me.
1: Number two. Oh, go on. Times, i also stated a couple times that unicorns have a third brain lobe that's specifically dedicated expressly to magic. So there's also some biology tied in there. It's
3: actually not. I should never thought, I actually never thought about that. For me. Aren't animals with two brains for when they're too large? Well, no, no, hold on, hold on. Enigma, are
4: you quoting the BS thing from back in the day that said that... Some dinosaurs had brains in two different locations because they were too large.
3: No, I'm quoting Pacific Rim.
1: <laughs> and they're quoting Godzilla. Oh. <laughs> okay.
4: <laughs> please not. Let's please the, the, never. The, okay, the, next, please.
0: This this went places. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Number ten. If psi for changelings isn't the same as magic, how does it work?
1: Pounds per square Bank
0: it just says P-S-I unless it's pronounced literally Psi.
1: Oh, that. Um, that is from a system i used a long time. I was originally going to have psionics and magic as separate things, but the more I wrote that, the more silly it seems. So I just kind of folded psionics into a school of magic as mental magic, things that affect the mind exclusively. Uh, okay. in short no one should read too far into that that was just a, a bad idea that got on paper and had to be contained somehow
0: right 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 then and then finally if you could build a spaceship what would it look like
1: assuming that the actual appearance wasn't constrained by the required by any kind of requirements and it could look like whatever I wanted I'd have to go with a classic 1950s UFO
3: That'd be great. What, you mean like that that thing that the thing from constructed and tried to fly away with?
1: Uh, no, more like proper Roswell flying saucer, just so like every conspiracy person who sees it with my little pass as I leave the planet can yell, I told you so to everyone nearby.
3: And just to screw with them, build it out of weather balloons.
4: <laughs> that, would be, that would be great, I like you. Also, it's its worth noting that this person, the last thing they wrote on their posts is, thank you for saving my life. So that means uh, but Cyberman one one two.
1: Oh, you are very welcome. Well there you
4: go. Alright, priest, you are taking over for the next ones?
2: Hmm. Go <laughs> <Yep. laughs> Priest I take risk care of, in time. I have to take care of the dog, so I don't know what won't run.
4: Lone Troopers questions now.
2: Okay. okay. Number one, what is your most Heartwarming moment at a convention, if you've had the chance to go on.
1: I've never been to the convention, No.
2: Okay. So number two, what advice would you give to people who would like to start writing fanfiction that's not related just on LP and we haven't already covered in the cast?
1: Uh, and now getting Deborah Gestures book is almost the best advice I can give, as well as the just-do-it advice I said earlier. So I think we're good on that one question. Okay. Good. Number
2: three, if you have the chance to become an actual changeling, would you take it?
1: Just like I said before, yes. Awesome.
2: Uh, number four. If you were Chrysalis in the Royal Wedding, what would you do differently to win the battle?
1: Win the battle. Well, for starters, I would have just flat out killed... Uh, uh, what's her name? Okay, so I would just flat out killed her rather than imprisoned her. That way, even if the deceptions found out, there's nothing they can really do... Well, essentially to prove that I did It'd just be someone's word against my own I would also have Done my best to infiltrate the city With all of my changelings Before the wedding, like well before the wedding Like a month That way there's just like a bunch of people who are Stuck up in Airbnbs and everything like that Who are actually changelings And thus everyone is in position Without me having to worry about any kind of perimeter defenses I would most likely Also have done the most logical thing to achieve a victory in this capacity, the victory being feed my changelings, and a try to frickin' diplomatic solution from the get-go, and then only have gone on to the wedding plan if they said no. It's kinda hard to picture Celestia saying no to, Hey, so we eat love and affection as like our means of sustenance, and we don't have any. Can we like just trade something?
2: You know, that that makes sense, you know, like a decree and stuff like that, rather than actual like war, you know, promoting actual yeah. inner country relations.
1: Like, yeah, it seems like she jumps the gun a little bit there by going right to an invasion.
2: Yes. Now then, number five, what method do you use when thinking of new story ideas, elements and characters?
1: Um, I try to get myself as emotionally neutral and bored as possible, and literally just close my eyes, roll on a very, very old D 20 table I made a long time ago to pick male, female, non-binary, and then I just let my mind go.
3: I
2: like it. Uh, where would you like to see yourself in the next three to five years, uh, both personally and professionally? That's not a a heavy question at all.
1: Uh, Professionally, within three to five years, I would like to have an actual Dead Tree format story, whether it's a printing of one of my own currently done stories or a brand new story. I'd like to have it on my shelf, just something I can look at and see and visualize and hold as I have actually done something. And uh, personally, I would like to have a comic confirmed permanent, I will live here until I die home, because I'm sick and tired of moving, and my current roommates would like to move somewhere.
4: I'm sorry. I, I totally understand how you feel on that one. I, I wish the best for you on that.
1: I'm pretty sure it'll be okay. But thank you. All my best wishes.
2: Number seven. Why are the new changelings cute, adorable, and wonderful?
1: Uh, because you're in a parallel dimension where everything is inverse from how it is in this dimension. I'm sorry. <laughs> I agree.
2: Number eight. If you could change one thing in your life right now, what would it be?
1: Um, I would change it from, uh, my, uh, from being a person on disability to being a person with a large trust fund. Not because I personally would like to live in a mansion, but because I would really, really love the ability to just be like, you're a person I actually like and value. This is a guest house on my estate. It is yours now. What? You need a new car? Here, have a car. Uh, essentially, I don't like the fact that I can't help people I believe are worth helping and deserve it. Wow,
2: that's really awesome. Um yes. Number nine. Uh, what would be your ideal romantic date, and who would it be with?
1: Um, a little bit of context and background would be with Trixie, because I identify with her... In a very, very strict way. Uh, there's one big way that a lot of people who know me personally, will probably already be aware of, but in short... If you take just her first appearance in the first episode, there's this moment where she's woken up by snips and snails, and you'll notice that she isn't actually speaking in that third-person voice, and she's honestly acting like a completely different person, and she's also clearly tired. But then she sees that there's two young foals who are clearly fans speaking to her And that bombastic third person thing comes back Which makes it clear to me that that is a stage persona she uses And she's a very kind individual who, Even though she's been woken up in the middle of the night Doesn't want to be rude to young fans And it makes that makes it clear that everything she does It makes it clear that she's an artist who really cares about what she does in her performances And I can identify with that a lot But more importantly She lives inside of a tiny wagon that she pulls herself, and she is doing performances on the street, not in any kind of, like, official place. Like, the town square wasn't broken up for this, she wasn't inside a theater or anything like that. So she's clearly poor, and probably homeless, if we go by the fact that she lives in this cart she's pulling around. She probably doesn't own any property anywhere. She carries everything she has with her. So, I'm also a poor artist who really loves my art, and... That's kind of all I really need to really like her. I think that we could actually relate to each other on a lot of levels and that we would be able to if not enjoy everything, I don't know if she likes fiction. I certainly like stage magic. But I think that we could actually be compatible there, so I'd definitely take her out on the date. And as for an ideal date, I've always found that like places where you can just sit down and talk to other people and have an actual one on one conversation is the best, so not like a movie because you don't talk during a movie you watch the movie, something like a dinner, but not in a restaurant some, like, you need to go and eating out in, like, a nice park or a field somewhere.
3: I would not want to go on a movie date with Trixie because she's going to be saying throughout the movie, oh, I could act better.
1: She probably could, to be fair. <laughs> I mean, I'm it's true.
4: Sorry to rush us along. We're running a little low on time. We're going to go over the usual timeline because we started so late. But let's move on to the next question, okay?
2: Number ten: right. Has the Rickroll song, uh, or has the Rickroll meme, made the song "Never Gonna Give You Up" a bad song?
1: I don't think so.
2: All right. Now we got a question from Beck, who is out in the chat right now. Is Clover's offer for me still open? Yes. Beth then says, I need a job as a burb. Burb job sounds bad, though. Oh, gross. And then, second question, which stellaris Sipshet Ship-set you prefer- Ship-set? Reptilian. Sipshet Sipshet,
1: please. <sighs> Bob
4: 936753
2: is up next. Don't make me repeat that. Oh, my God. Number one, if you were to ship ponies together, but it had to be polygamy, who would you ship together other than all main six together?
1: So you mean how I normally do shipping in my stories? Just read my stories.
2: Yeah, man. Let's see.
1: There's uh, the duo of Octavia, Octavia, Vinyl, Lyra, Bonbon, Twinkle Shine, Colgate. That's a good herd.
2: Come on. I like that herd. Uh, we've already covered that you've read Fallout Question by KCAT. So then, number three, who's your favorite character from the book?
1: Uh, that would be Pepperself.
2: And then, number four, who's your favorite ship from that book?
1: Is there more than one ship? I don't think there's more than one ship. So, Pimp Homage, obviously.
3: Oh, yeah. Best lesbians. Obvious.
1: Oh, no, no, an annoying vegan hooked up with somebody, too. Hmm. Now then. Unfortunately, your character is so annoying, I can't care. So, yeah, just one.
2: There we go. Number five. Question from Alex underscore. How many of those gigs does it take to bring you to orgasm? I'm guessing of the porn stash.
1: Yeah, I I think I've answered that on my Discord twice. Um. Honestly, it just takes two or three pictures. I, I collect it, and it just stays on the hard drive forever.
2: Fair enough. Uh, Latreus or Latreus is up next. Would you hug a bat pony?
1: Wouldn't what, what monster would not hug a bat
2: pony? Clearly, yeah. a monster. Uh, would you hug a celus? I
1: have no idea what
2: that is. That is the uh, so new style. Really sweet
1: little yeah. Go for a pencil. Asel- is the sweet
4: little, um, like, changeling that you see in the past season. Oh,
1: then I'm completely unaware
4: of it. Yeah. Very cute, actually. Like, I don't like the changeling's new design. But Acelus is a good bug. Very kind.
2: Very sweet. Oh,
1: yeah. Okay. Uh, could yeah,
2: sure. Number three. Would you hug an original changeling?
1: Absolutely,
2: they're awesome. Truth Tail is up next. Number one, flashlight changeling cocks? Question mark. What? Uh, sure. Good. N- number two, where are my
3: loops, brother? I don't. Is this a meme? Loops. I think. I think. I think they're doing a parody of Brother, where are my oats?
1: Okay. Presumably the Chaos Marines took them, brother. Sure, yes,
2: good. Number three, can I have a hug question mark? Yes, of course. Mobile Sam is up next and asks, How do you feel about potatoes?
1: Potatoes are pretty great. Honestly one of the best starches and roots that out there to eat.
2: Clockwork. I agree. Clockwork Mage is up next. How willing would you be to write more ship-ships? Like Fee with some alien craft world or shard world prototype.
1: 100%.
2: And then he, uh, Clockwork asks, How exactly did the last few rounds of Alpha's world game go?
1: Pretty badly. Look up the pre-scarred video on false vacuum collapses.
2: Ooh. And then last but not least, the final post on the thread is from, and I hope I don't butcher this, Azazar, which asks, A, what is the most interesting location you've visited? Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, New Schwanstein Castle in Germany.
2: What? That's pretty awesome.
1: It's, uh, the basis for Disney Castle, and, uh, honestly, the Disney Castle dropped the ball if that's what they were basing it on.
2: B, what is your favorite location in fiction?
1: Oh, that is a hard question. Um. In all of fiction, that is a really tall order. Uh, I don't know if I can answer that in a concise manner. Um, it really depends on what fictional universe. Uh, I'm going to have to go with uh, Redwall Abbey from the Redwall series for fantasy and for science fiction. Any uh, facility that has a a replicator and holodeck set up.
4: That is very true. If you have a holodeck, you can pretty much go to any location in fiction. So...
1: Doesn't malfunction. <laughs> it, it comes back to the whole changeling thing. I really like shapeshifting because, while I don't enjoy uh, well, I don't enjoy certain forms of change. I absolutely do love uh, trying out things when I want to try them out. So that's one of the reasons I like Star Trek. I could, I could actually disappear into any story of my choice for the entirety of the length of that story. I guess that's
2: kind of a cheaty answer, but... No, it's, it's not too cheaty.
1: I don't think it's cheaty. I don't think it's
2: cheaty at all. It's fair. And then the final question from the thread, C. Are locations characters in fiction?
1: They can be. And in good fiction, they are. But sadly, in a lot of fiction, people ignore the fact that... Place that everything happens is just as much of a thing that sets the atmosphere and mood of a story as the characters and the. Proof of this is you can instantaneously picture the Castle of Hogwarts in your head. Oh yeah. You can picture a room of it anywhere. If that particular building was any different, the whole story would feel different. So yes, the location can be a character, and in good fiction, it is.
2: Well, really, really well said. Um, and uh, the, the chat
4: would like to... The chat has a question. The chat would like to know if they can join your Discord.
1: Yeah, I'm sure. I can get a link out there real quick.
4: Well, they have a, they have a link in there. Some, one of your good people did that already, but I want to know if that would be cool and uh, if, you know if there are any perks or anything to joining your Discord.
1: Um, well, uh, if you have any specific questions for my stories, I can answer them there. I offer writing advice. Um, we have just some general gaming hangout rooms for using voice chat to, you know, for other people you've met on the server. Uh, aside from that, it's just really meant to be a place to hang out and have fun in.
2: Awesome. Um, well, while we field maybe just a handful of more questions uh, from the chat, if they're interested, um, if anyone is picking up this particular uh podcast was on iTunes Google Play or YouTube and they weren't able to catch this live. Um, if they had a question and wanted to maybe get in touch with you what would be the best way for them to ask you a question like a PM on film Fiction or where can they follow your work? A
1: uh, PM on film Fiction
2: would be the best idea. Okay. Uh, do you have anything cool coming up here in the near future as far as new chapters and new stories?
1: Uh, well, um, as soon as I'm done here, I'll be starting on, uh, the next chapter of my current story.
4: Ooh.
1: Are you, That's are it. you hyped for that? Yeah, I think it's gonna be pretty good. We got, uh, everyone caught up on the story. We are essentially going to be exploring the inside of a completely radioactive mountain. Think, uh, think if Chernobyl met a failed idea for a nuclear waste storage and combine that with a vault.
4: Jesus, okay.
1: (laughs) And, uh, we do have a question for
4: you from the chat. Uh, the question is from Alex, and he wants to know if you've ever touched an eggplant, and what was that like?
1: I have, but it was weirdly pleasant, and for some reason, interestingly enough. I think that this might be the internet talking through me,
3: though. Weird. Oh,
1: that was just an eggplant emoji joke. It's just...
2: No, I got it. it. was good. Well then, um, that is all the time that we're going to take unless there's more questions from the chat pencil.
4: Well, I told them that this is their only chance they can post anytime real quick and they did nothing. So they are too slow. We are done.
2: <laughs> GG. No re. Meep, thank you so much for coming on.
1: No problem. It was fun.
2: You're fun. It was really a, a wonderful experience and Hopefully we haven't scarred you beyond life. Thank you everyone for coming out to view. Um, I would go out and totally find what guest we have for next week, but it would totally break all of re- all the things related to the stream. So it's going to be a big surprise for next who we have next week. Get ready. I Yay. think I think it's East Corp. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe I'm right, but we'll find out. So thank you everyone for watching. Uh, your bartenders for this evening have been a non pencil.
4: It was fun, and also meep, because the drinking word!
2: Enigma, could talk to you. Meep, meep. I'm a sheep. warfare Yes. Meep the changeling. Oh.
1: Uh, yeah.
2: I'm not sure how to sign
1: off. That's <laughs> so <good>. That's
2: fine. <laughs> My name's Water Priest. See you all next time.
1: Bye-bye! Bye!